Yo, welcome to the Nightly Strange. Welcome to the Nightly Strange, ladies and gentlemen. We are your host, DMAC Uno. Hello, Keys on the track. Special guest in the building, Compton's on Illa. Hey, hey, India's only in the building. Face of India. For sure, for sure. I like that, man. Face of India. So do you, you speak the, the native language from India? Yeah, I speak Hindi. Do you, do you rap in it too? Uh, no, unfortunately, I don't. Why not? Um, if I'm being very honest, you, I've been trying for a while, but just the just the way I grew up, it wasn't like my first instinct to try it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So maybe There's like you could you could try to like I don't know maybe like further on. I mean, like for me, if yeah. I was bilingual, like for or if I like if I was bilingual, I would try to like rap in different languages just to see where my marketplace is going. Yeah. But I wish I was like an R and B singer because I would just sing the girls all the time in the grocery store. You gonna buy that celery? <laughs> Right. <laughs> no, I'm I'm definitely there with you. Um, I'm a big uh, believer of music being a universal uh, instrument to connect people. You know, so yeah. a lot of stuff for me. The last ten years has been about adapting and changing, not so much as introducing. Myself. I'm definitely uh, open to trying stuff like that. You know, amalgamating my culture. Uh, the last few years have been about adapting for me. Uh, now that I've adapted or I'm continuing to adapt uh, forward going on, I'm just trying to be able to put the cultural aspect in play. So, you know, I'm definitely for all for it. For sure, for sure. Man, you got a, you got a pretty unique flow out of all the West Coast rappers that are in the area you're rapping or Southern California. Your flow is kind of unique. Like, how did you come up with that? A lot of it is just inspiration from real life. Uh, just just growing up where you know i grew up kind of a thing and uh the rest is just having uh, a lot of different music influences you know i just don't listen to rap music where i didn't grow up just listening to rap music i grew up on like jazz uh experimental music like you know herbie hancock sort of a thing like miles yeah. davis just uh, from everything jazz to rock to hip-hop kind of a thing so you know all of the factors into it yeah totally like i was telling kilo earlier i've been listening to uh uh jazz rendition renditions of hip-hop you oh, know wow. what I'm saying? yeah 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 so they're like taking the hip-hop instrumentals <laughs> and they're jazzing them out and i'm just like i'm like man i can actually listen to loud rap music i'm doing i'm barbecuing now right <laughs> definitely <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah. My kids are tired of it. They're like, stop playing this Wu Tang jazz. Like, it'd be I'm cracking. Crying. Yeah, it'd be good. They'd be tight. I'd be like, Killer like, bees. <laughs> Boom bap jazz. Yes, yes. <laughs> For real, it's like it's hella dope. Like they had, uh, they just so fresh and so clean. I'm like, oh man, I'm chilling with this all day. So fresh and so clean, clean. You know the people singing it. Oh man, I love it. <laughs> Oh man! But it messed up my cue slots on my on my Spotify, so I listen to like right. the new trippy red, and then go like boom, and go to like the thong song and jazz rendition. I'm like, damn it! Right, <laughs> but I'm listen to the it. algorithm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Kilo tells me you you you're from Compton, right? Definitely. I love that. I love that. So how did you end up in Compton? I came out here in 2014 initially for school. Uh, the school I was in was on Hollywood and Highlands, way far away from what I now call home. But um, the first week, man, basically I tried to find an apartment and I found a sublease. I ended up getting worked out my sublease. So it was kind of basically like a scam. And I ended up homeless. One of my partners at the time, long live Sosa, long live Joseph Fomby, Um He just offered help, you know. And that ended up kind of being like my support system and everybody around there started being like more like family. 
so you know if it wasn't for him i probably would have never really like ventured yeah like as much it's kind of crazy how it's like you know we have our initial family but as we move places and we grow up and we get older we like find family you know yeah, what I'm saying? We find and, family, yeah, you know, yeah. especially for somebody like me. I was just telling Kilo the other day, uh, for the lack of a better explanation, this immigrants is just bigger than me, you know? Yeah. It's not just about being Indian or being India or being a rapper. It's really bigger than me. It's like a uh, it's like a echoed sentiment, you know. So when I moved out here and I was able to just call people family and build my own family seven thousand miles away from home, I started calling it home because it was home away from home, you know? Yeah. Where are you from in India? I'm from New Delhi. That's oh, okay. the capital. How long did you how, how long were you there until you moved? I was there till I was 16. Oh man. Okay. I moved before I finished high school cuz I finished high school early and then I ended up out here like I mentioned um ended up being homeless so basically I was out here fending for myself I went from being a music school student grade a music school student on a 50% scholarship to having to record people in garages and make beats and kind of a thing and just kind of like you know fit in where I could yeah oh, so get out my the mud. skill set and knowledge so I kind of adapted with the time dang got it out the mud though I respect that I respect that so does it feel wild just coming like straight out of Compton do you just be telling people that and they look at you weird like huh yeah I don't definitely bro like it's certain people like yeah, I can't explain it to them, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's always gonna seem like some outlandish kind of a thing to them because it's like an Indian dude from Compton. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's somehow it's like the most out there thing there. Is. <laughs> After Kilo, Kilo was like, "Yo, I know this Indian dude. He's from he's from Compton." I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "Okay, let's, let's see where this is going. Let's see where this is going." Hell yeah! I've been listening to your music, man. I you know I fucks with it heavy. And so, where where's what is your goals at the end of the day with your music? You know, for me, a big part of the music brand has been communicating with people culturally and connecting with not only Indian people or people of Indian origin, but just a lot of other people that grow up in these environments such as me and such as many others around me. So for me, the small term goal is to, of course, sell merch. You know, we just did a, a high school tour. We did a, a, um, a solo tour as well. Where I've been uh, playing and performing at different cities as well as different venues in the LA County. But um, what's a high school you know, tour? Sorry, what's the high school tour? Um, a high school tour was like I said, it was one of the small goals that I had that I wanted to perform to kids and the youth and try to you know reach out to them and use music as a means of positive outreach. Yeah, and uh, fortunately, earlier last year, shout out to my boy Classified. He got with the LAUSD district and uh, has certain schools invite me over to perform. That was really cool. And that offset my 7-Eleven school tour. You got a 7-Eleven school tour? Most definitely. I love it. So, you I know, love I've it. had certain <laughs> small goals. <laughs> I love that shit. I was going to say, you can, know, can you elaborate with the 7-Eleven school for the tours? Longest. Yes, yes. Can you please elaborate on the 7-Eleven tour? Uh, 7-Eleven tour, you know, kind of self self. Um, I dropped the 7-Eleven song because I got kicked out of 7-Eleven for shooting a viral music video. That shit did go viral. I've been trying to promote it since then. And, uh, you know, just being Indian, uh, this comes back to the whole goal thing. The bigger goal always is for being, for somebody like me to amalgamate in you guys' culture without being offensive. Yeah. So, that's one of those goals that 
even though it's a small term goal it helped me re- reach a big term goal in like a longer sense because you know that's so that's a fun friendly 80 like you know under like not too explicit way yeah. of being able to reach out to audiences connect to kids and just show them the whole indian thing you know without being weird without being corny and it just makes people feel comfortable because it's a, a, a it's a stereotype you know yeah <laughs> i'm exploiting yeah. my stereotype i mean we all yeah why not we, you know we all we all I, get money off the stereotypes i, I mean, that's gonna, I'll, I'll, yeah i don't think anyone's gonna mess with you it's like as, as soon as you say you're indian dude from compton they'd be like hold on what yeah you know what i'm saying like, they, they can't even, they're not even gonna clown you they're just gonna be like that sounds fucking fantastic right now let me hear this no this motherfucker he really got out the mud yeah for Two real times, you know so let me talk about like the creators and compton <laughs> yeah so i was telling him i was like man i was like using the whole play on 7-eleven while still being indian is genius for marketing yeah right because it's like if i'm scrolling through what used to be known as twitter now known as x or if i'm on instagram or if i'm on world star hip-hop i'm just scrolling through the feed trying to find something as soon as i see some shit that looks like oh 7-eleven but this dude's rapping it's the same thing as like seeing johnny dang rap right yeah the jeweler johnny dang out in uh, houston the king of bling seeing him rap like you scroll through youtube if i see him in a jewelry store with a music <laughs> video i'm clicking on the shit i don't care how yeah. you know then i don't care what i was doing before i'm gonna listen to it so i was i was telling uh Ill, i was like man i'd be dope as hell you know to continue playing on that from marketing standpoint as well yeah totally part two on the way that's one of the announcements i got coming up for some people you know uh, we're planning a 7-eleven part two and we're gonna bring back the 7-eleven tour this time we're gonna uh branch out and try to do some out-of-state dates as well mm-hmm. hell yeah you can try to like make your own slurpee like flavors tell them about your business venture i have a drink called the mango madness it's a way of me selling my drink because i got tired of an oversaturated market and being a musician kind of seeing one nape day coming back to the whole small goal and big goal difference thing i wanted to leave an everlasting impact which was not just like a physical cd so i superimposed the barcode on my drink some like what nape did with the merch and start selling my last album which is called foreigner it was an eight track tape i started um, selling the physical version in the form of a drink and we did a pop-up where we sold out now we're bringing it back in the form of a cereal nice now see i'm yeah. old because you said it's an eight track tape and so now i had to think about it and it was like oh he meant eight tracks but for me yeah, i'm thinking, I'm thinking, right, I'm thinking right, an right, eight right, track right. player like i'm like damn that's genius ain't nobody got none of those but like <laughs> shit. Not if you can find them <laughs> shoot i just found me a vcr dvd player and uh, i was at goodwill shopping i was like yeah i'm gonna get this i've been thinking about i was sitting there the other day and my my wi-fi cut out and i couldn't watch nothing i was like huh interesting so <laughs> that's hilarious yeah you know oh, technology has changed a lot so that's been one of those things for me even to achieve my small and big term goals i've been using technology i've been writing a book using chat gpt helping independent musicians survive so i've definitely been using technology as a whole half because i understand we used to have dvds we used to have vcrs um say floppy disks you know then cds yeah. napster the whole nine so you know just being somebody that was born like for the whole millennial thing i've experienced technology for what it really is in the music yeah. industry and entertainment sector so i've tried to use that to leverage myself into these resources and you know opportunities yeah my daughter was like she was like you know she's trying to rap but she's like dad she's like you know it'd be crazy if 
if the people still listen to CDs and I could just sell those and give them to people. And I was like, yeah, I was like, honey, that's, that's why, that's why I don't like streams really. Cause like back in the day, you buy a hundred CDs for a hundred dollars and you can sell them for five, 10 bucks a pop. Definitely. Yeah. But I guess now it's like, I guess, era. yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, it was nice, it was nice money, but I mean, I guess they have sponsorships and stuff now these days. Yeah, the game's definitely changing, you know, with, even with AI and Capital, Capital Records signing yeah. an AI rapper or creating like an AI catalog with a, uh, uh, with a, you know, made up um, NFT character, the whole nine, like that was pretty cool to see the last two years, you know, seeing major labels and big companies, corporates invest into that type of stuff is definitely cool for me to see too, because, yeah, you know, yeah. just like yourself, I've seen all these changes, you know, and I've seen the change in the business model overall what kind of cereal are you gonna make it's a frosted flakes but it changes color it turns pink word how do you do that i don't want to don't tell me (laughs) (laughs) don't tell me (laughs) let it let the magic continue (laughs) what was in the what was in the juice um the juice was basically a um a concentrated non-alcoholic and non-carbonated drink oh okay you just yeah, made that we, yourself, uh, or you had like a set somewhere? Um, basically, bro, I did an online safety course in food health uh, during COVID, and that was just for fun because you know I came here on a music visa. I wasn't necessarily one of my um, focuses, or you know something that I was focusing on per se. But um, it just ha- so happened that it, it worked out. You know, like I had a, a, I already had some food safety. I had a background in food safety because of the course I had done and I kind of understood. So I just linked up with my partners at Mexotic Fresca in Texas and just um, had them do the shipping and the handling part of it. Do you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? This man did it independently. He said, I'm going to do it myself. I took a class online and figured out who could bottle it up for me. Yeah, got out the mud again. That is amazing. Can you tell everybody, tell everybody about your work ethic when it comes to music? Like how many tracks you try to pump out like a week? Or a day, mm-hmm. or a you know, I can't... go ahead. Kilo knows there's no cap on creativity. You know, sometimes there's days we'll sit there and we'll churn out two, three, four songs, and then there's times I'll just sit there and I'll like kind of force myself to write something that I want to hear, type of a thing. So it's just like there's no cap on creativity. I just let it flow. You know, it's a it's a more organic process per se. Yeah. Look, can you tell them? Uh, can you tell all the listeners what's the longest studio session you've been in? 72 hours no sleep damn how many tracks did you make do you think 12 that's from like scratch I mean, like from the beat to the to the lyrics yeah shout out my boy jonathan van glapuri that's one mm-hmm. definitely one of uh, my main producers outside kilo and my boys and i've really been working with him for the last few years him and i are locked in you know we have a certain speed we work at so sometimes when it's just natural in the moment it just happens so so in the moment that we make a song in five minutes sometimes and then it stays there takes about an hour on the you know longer end mm-hmm. so do you like music making music or do you like making music or do you like doing performances more do you know music being my life and it being such an unconventional career i can be choosy so i tend to offer you know like i tend to cater to both ends of the spectrum not just being a performance artist or somebody that does features and drops music online and streaming wise but also you know going out there doing meet and greets promoting my drink performing going on different shows different states just networking you know that's a big part of being an independent musician in today's world 
is networking. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's not who you know, it's who knows you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I said that to a lot of people because I heard that. I heard somebody say that to me once. I used to never understand. I used to just repeat it. And it wasn't like till about like 2017, 2018 when I really realized like all I know all these people do they know me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um can you can you go in and, and tell all the listeners some of the acts and some of the people you've worked with in collaboration? Yeah, I've had so <clears throat> I've been fortunate enough to work with some big names in the music industry in the past I've worked for artists such as Akon, you know, shout out to him, my boy Sajid and Rajid. Body of Project back in 2020 or 2019, I believe, end of 2019. Um, I've worked with, uh, you know, certain, like, organizations that help and give back to the community as well. Um, I did one of the first UN conferences where, uh, that for, as an audio engineer when the post-pandemic stuff was happening. So I own a world record in that, and I've worked with some artists such as Mozzie, Brace, uh, to name a few. You know, I have some collab- definitely have some big collaboration names on the way. And the first part was kind of breaking out. Can you repeat like the first? It sounded like you said Acon. Acon, yeah, Acon. Really? Akon. Yeah, that was definitely a cool experience. Writing for him through my uh, through my Bollywood, um, you know, uh, through my friends that work in Bollywood. They were for- they were really cool. And I was fortunate enough to get that opportunity to be looped in because they needed an English writer that makes hip hop music, you know. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you have you have connections to Bollywood? Here and there, everywhere. But for the most part, you know, um, a large part of my demographic is here in the U.S. Surprisingly, really. And so, who out of who in LA have you worked with specifically, though? Like, I know you say some organizations, but. Is there any rappers that you know have done features with or songs with or that you're cool with? Shout out my boy Project Baby Twin Free Him. He's definitely one of those people I locked in with. We have almost a tape worth of music on the way, but we're gonna drop it as singles. So that's one of the people me and Kilo had the opportunity of working with too. I have a cool song with them that's gonna be out in the next few months. Um, engineered by my boy Do Smooth. Uh, so you know stuff like that. I have some stuff with uh, Mozzie. Shout out Mozzie. Shout out Briss from Sacramento. R.I.P. Briss for sure. Yeah, R.I.P. Briss for sure. Oh yeah, is there some artists that you haven't worked with yet, like in your like area, or like in hip hop as a whole that you'd like to work with? You know, honestly, the way I look at music business, for me, a big part of it is growing my brand. So I don't really necessarily look at or uh, reaching out and doing songs with other artists as my main source of promotion or my main uh i'm not putting none of my chips in that basket because i'm trying to grow something substantial for myself on some larry june shit no oh, okay okay yeah i feel you on that yeah i know a lot of rappers be getting taken like they'll pay an artist for like 20 bands for a verse and then they'll produce the song and then like the label will come in and be like nah you can't even use it yeah right no definitely yeah. I, i've had some songs like that with major label artists that basically they did it off the strength and love and then i had to get them cleared later so you know i just ended up not pursuing them yeah 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 that makes sense then you got somebody else in your pocket definitely you know <laughs> absolutely yeah. and then with streaming streaming music uh streaming royalty payouts being chump change it doesn't really help yeah it is chump change it is it is like streaming it's crazy like the record labels make billions of dollars a year but they give you pennies on the pennies. And someone, I think David Banner said it, he was like, look, as soon as we all start learning how to press press up CDs 
and make our own stuff. They change how to um, how people listen to music, so we can't even. I mean, realistically, you know, um, artists are employees for labels. They're given W nines and ten ninety nines, and at the end of the year, they're basically the money the money that labels give to artists. They recoup back anyway in tax returns. So, yep, the whole concept of pressing you for that advance that they gave you is kind of like not really like the best recoupment strategy you know these days well yeah a lot of people i mean like it's 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 a lot more easier to go independent these days than it is to actually like yeah i mean at this point bro i'd rather take like a small business loan or i'd do something of that sort before i would venture out into a label loan or advance just because of how i know you know you're you're basically a tax write-off, so they make that money back off you anyway. But they yeah. still press you for whatever X amount of money they give you, even though they recouped it as taxes. As a, you know? Yeah, and it's cra- it's crazy how people like the the label only comes to you when you're popping, anyways. So at that point, it's like you yeah. don't even need them. You need like, them, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah, but people just they want that fame sometimes. It's like your name attached to a major label. Yeah, you know, here's Warner Music Group. Here's my name attached to it. You know, here's Atlantic Records. Here's my name attached to it. Yeah. Here's Empire. Here's my name attached to it. Atlantic seems like they run like a little faulty ship over there. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. Okay, never mind. I'm gonna leave that one alone. No, everyone's trying to make moves. <laughs> so, Illa, where'd you come up with your rap name? You so said where did I come from? I come up with my rap name? Yeah. Um. It was one of my friends, shout out my friend Javon, and shout out my friend Sosa. They just, uh, they pursued me to like, take the name up. It was one of those things I had where I wanted, I wasn't sure if I wanted to use it, but it was like, it was kind of sticking with me, had a ring to it. And then I just ended up pursuing it. And then my Instagram name is something, it was like the equivalent of like Champagne Poppy to Drake. It's just like my producer tag with my producer name that I ended up stopped using and people just search it up more by you, do you make beats also? Yes, I make beats also, yeah. When's the last time you made a beat? Shit. 2021? Shit. I used to make beats too, man. If it was like 89, my beats would be hot as fuck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> they'd be the firest beats you ever heard in your life. But <laughs> I couldn't keep up. I'm like, man, how do they do that? I'm like, you know, forget it. I'll just purchase beats. Right, no, definitely. I'm still I'm still involved musically, you know, just not as much as I would like to be or because I'm doing everything on my own manager. I direct a number of the videos. I even do some of the artworks, uh, just the whole thing, you know, the whole yeah, independent yeah. artist package. I mean, you, you got to, though, you know what I'm saying? You, you're the one chasing the dream. And then, like, it's the more stuff you can do yourself, the less you got to pay people to do for you. Right. That's, that's, how, that's how I feel, too. You know, a lot of, a lot of businesses... They win because they save uh, startup costs by having either resources or just allocating their uh, money into the right place, you know. So for me, I use that same uh, business approach towards a, like a, a music streaming model. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Talking to you and then talking to like other artists, I can just tell that you have a plan and you execute it. You know what I'm saying? Like everything you're doing is thoroughly thought out. That's definitely what it's about, you know, I'm just here, like I was telling Kilo, this immigrant stuff is bigger than me, so I do it because I want somebody else out there to be able to do it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just be that voice, you know? That's why yeah. I call myself the face of India, it's not on a uh, weird copy, like, tape, it's just 
because I want to put on for those people. No, that's, not even, that's, what, that's weird how people say, oh, you know what I'm saying? Not you particularly, but like, oh, you're being cocky. No, you're supposed to be cocky when you're a rapper. That's the that's like a main point of you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in what you're doing. So, you know what I'm saying? If you want to say you're the King India, say the King India. Let's Mike come test you on the mic. No, seriously. Also, <laughs> for real, I found, I found this interesting. If you Google the first rapper, the first Indian rapper from Compton, it was right on the first page. You know, so yeah. the digital footprint is there. Like Kilo said, I'm just trying to make it bigger now, you know, and yeah. connect the dots and uh, just grow the whole immigrant thing a little bit more. That's what I'm going to call uh, the imprint that I have dropping music. Um, that's the merch line. I have another merch line dropping called Free Your Girl. She's not in jail, just the wrong relationship. Money and I free her shirts. So, you know, it intertwines with the whole brand. Hell yeah. Free your girl. She ain't in jail. She's just in the wrong relationship. That's fucking dope. <laughs> well, Ella, man, I, I'm so happy you came onto my show, man. Um, you kicking knowledge, and I like I like your spirit. I like your drive. Like, I see something magical happening with you, man. Did you want to send shout-outs to anybody while you're here? Just uh, appreciate you guys, you know, you and Kilo for having me here. Shout-out my boy Vangela. Shout-out everybody that supports me. Just uh, blessed to be here and uh, pursue my dream as a musician. You know, a lot of us, um, it's a lot of talented individuals out there that probably will never get to see or might never experience anything that I have and the love that I have got 7,000 miles away from home from you guys and just the music community in general, you know, not just California or the West Coast and stuff. So now it's becoming more of like a spiritual thing for me, you know? It's more of like a life mission, life goal kind of a thing and less of just I'm doing this for to impress uh, girls and get some likes or just do this, you know. I've dedicated my life to it. Yeah. This is what I like to do. And if there's anybody out there I can influence, then I think I did I did what I was supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, love, love, that's what it's all about, though. It's like loving the music. You got to love what you do. Because even when, you know, you make music, it's not like you're like venting your soul, basically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To a point. You know what I'm saying? And some, some people don't understand that. They just see the fame. They see the money. They see the women and the jewelry. And they're like, oh, I want that. And I've seen a lot of rappers just come and go. Like, they'll go for like six, seven months. It's not going the way they expect it to do. And then they just never rap again. But Yeah, no, I'm definitely here. And I'm blessed. And uh, I'm thankful. That's the only message I'm here to spread, you know. Yeah. I'm just appreciative yeah. of you guys and everybody else that's here to embrace the brand and understand the vision and just push me, you know. I appreciate it beyond words. For sure, absolutely, man. For absolutely. sure. Yeah. Kilo, you got any shout outs you want to send out? Man, shout out to Illa for being, you know, a guest on the show. Shout out to D-Mac Uno and the whole Nightly Strange podcast team. Shout out to all the listeners, all the subscribers, all the supporters out there. Without you guys, this wouldn't be possible. And thank you, everybody, for being great. For sure. Yeah, man. I like thank you, Illa, for coming on to the show. Kilo Keys, always, you know what I'm saying? Um, once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Nightly Strange. I'm D-Mac Uno. I'm Kilo Keys on the track. And we'll see you next time. You're welcome to the Nightly Strange, 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 Strange. Thanks, Dad!